good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is another, and it's been a long time since we've done one, another karaoke. Car, you okay? Uh, we're in the car. This time, uh, we're on our way to Orange and uh, through Bathurst out of Sydney. And um, I'm going gravel bike riding out in the, uh, well, what should be the wetlands of Orange. And Jess is doing a 50 kilometer ultra marathon, which gives me a lot of time to go bike riding because you'll be gone for a very long time to do it. Last time it was like a week. Well, it wasn't quite. Uh, and so we're driving out. What, what people don't tell you when you go out to drive from Sydney to Orange is that until you get past Lithgow and Katoomba and what have you, you're driving at a maximum speed of 70 kilometres an hour. And if you drive after 2.30 in the afternoon, you, you're driving at 40 kilometres an hour through most of the towns. So, uh, whoops. Um, even though the app said three and a half, I think we're probably going to be edging on five by the time we get there. Uh, so it's a beautiful drive. We're now out in the bush a bit past um, past Lithgow and uh, we're starting to see a little bit of the outback and it's uh, on the way to Bathurst. So it's really pretty, the cows and the, because it's green as green because of all the rain out here. Uh, probably a little more than most farmers wanted, but anyway, it is what it is. Hey, today we're talking about management versus leadership and uh, well, I'm probably driving everybody nuts on the other podcast on Spotify with this one. But it is what it is. And um, look, when it comes down to it, you've got, you've got, you've got to realize that there's, there is a really important element of life called self-discipline. And um, it's damn awful because it's rather claustrophobic. It basically says, you know, eat well, sleep well, do all the things well. And it, and it sounds incredibly, uh, incredibly boring. But what it does, it grounds you and gives you an opportunity to do the things that are inspiring and creative and intuitive. So I want to tell you a story today, and you may have heard it before if you followed my podcast, but it's a really, really interesting story. And it's a story a little bit about intuition. One of the things that I say in Inner Wealth is for people to be really, really careful about listening to your intuition. Usually it's a feeling. And feelings, as you well know from the other podcasts we do, are the most untrustable things you've got on your life. Feelings change with the moon, with the wind, with what you ate, with what you said, with what somebody said to you, with what you're wearing, with what's on the wall, with the environment. Feelings fluctuate and it's really hard to know whether your feelings are yours or somebody else's or what's going on and most of those feelings we, we label intuitions. So let me tell you a story about this and give you an example. Going back about, oh, I don't know, before Moses was born, I worked in Canada with First Nation people. And I was based in New York and I flew up to Canada every second week into Halifax to meet with the, uh, my local representatives, the consultants that I had trained, and they would take me in their car out to Indigenous First Nation uh, uh, reservations. And these places were not necessarily put in the prestige uh, areas of Canada by the people who gave these, made these decisions about where uh, communities of indigenous people should be centered. But anyway, 
the, the, the communities, the reservations loved where they lived. They were proud. They spent a lot of time to, to, um, to build pride, but there was still a lot, there was no, no employment at all. Um, anybody who had a job was working for the community and the community center and everybody else was trying to work around what the hell was going on. There was a lot of in 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 uh, in choosing. For example, a lot of people, if uh, who like the chief and what have you, would employ their own cousins and and family. And so, not all, not all of it was uh, fair. But the bottom line is, there's a lot of unemployment, a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs, a lot of problems, and um, and and whatever goes with unemployment uh, when people get too much spare time. Anyway, I worked on in this uh, environment uh, for five or six years, I suppose, and going in and out of Canada. A lot of it was pro bono. Some of it was done at a, at a half price. Sometimes the Canadian government put the bill. Sometimes not. But anyway, we did a great job, and we built a lot of a lot of trust in um, in the discard process, in the inner wealth process. We built a lot of trust in the laws of nature. And we made great progress with people who were in relatively difficult, I would say, relatively difficult circumstances. Some were who were in quite violent circumstances and, and so on. As a result of all this, I was asked by uh, one of the medicine men of the community if I would like to become a pipe carrier, which is a very rare thing for a white-skinned person to do and given that I wasn't from Canada I guess I had a little bit of leeway in that whole thing but bottom line was I'd really worked hard I'd given the communities right throughout Canada a lot of help and in this particular area of Halifax north of Halifax we really achieved a lot and done a lot of great work so anyway cut a long story short they offered me this honor and the way you get initiated into this role in this community of being a pipe carrier is you do what's called a Sundance. And a Sundance is, um, well, it's a process. And uh, there were six months leading up to the Sundance where I had to, in some ways, go through talking and do sweat lodges and have conversations about things and, and sort of get to be really welcomed into the more primal part, the traditional part of the First Nation. And I went through the phases of all this. Each visit, I did something, and we, we and uh, I got closer and closer to being offered the the opportunity to do the Sundance, and and finally I was. And a guy got his father's pipe, which was going to be a big ceremony in itself because his father had passed, and this was a, a very precious thing that he was going to hand me in the ceremony. Um, the guy's wife. Uh, made me my uniform for the Sundance and let me just describe the Sundance first of all. The Sundance is a, um, a, a, a tribal um, three-day event. It starts with going out into the forest. The people who are going to do the Sundance go out in the forest, chop down a tree. The tree is about the size of a lamppost in most typical suburbs and it's about the same diameter and uh, you pin to the top of this uh, a post uh, a streamer uh, of uh, made of material and you tie knots in it for those people 
that you want to celebrate or recognize in the process of your Sundance. And so the pole eventually, with a massive amount of pulling and pushing and shoving and thing comes out of the forest, we dig a hole and you pump the pole with, as I said, with a lot of pushing and shoving, it becomes vertical. We anchor the pole in the ground, pushing the dirt down, and there's a, there's a big lamppost stuck in the middle of a, an arena. Um, the, the arena has some sort of a, an outer a circle to it, which would be, I would suppose, 40 metres diameter. And now we've got streamers hanging from a pole. There is a ceremony, and the next day, the process begins. And the next day, the process is that you walk up to the pole, you grab your streamer, you know which one's yours. You take a piece of wood that you've sharpened overnight that's about the size of a lead pencil and the uh, uh, medicine man pinches your pectoral muscle up into a, into a uh, pinches the skin and then shoves the pencil which you've sharpened really as sharp as you possibly can through your skin and out the other side so now you have on one side of your chest a, 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 like a piece of wood going through your chest and then they do the exact same thing to the other side and the pain of this happening requires that you bite on or blow a whistle or do something horrendously strong and brave to let someone do push push this physically through your chest you then start they tie the streamer to the to the to each uh, side of your chest and you start dancing and the drums start beating and the, the sun starts beating down on you and the whole process starts and it goes for three days. And in that three days you're dancing and you're starting because of the dehydration and what's going on, you start to hallucinate, there's no food, uh, you sleep attached to the pole, you pee attached to the pole, everything is attached, you never unattach yourself. After three days, the drums start beating and the music gets really, um, and there's a band there but reading the drum and, and what have you and shouting and singing and they start to whip up a friendly and there's now a crowd around the outside and what you do is you, you stand facing the pole with these streamers attached to your chest and you run backwards as fast as fast as you can until the streamer comes tight and rips these two pieces of wood out of your chest and splinters splinters your chest open Blood goes everywhere. You fall on the ground uh, in, a, in, a, in a brave state, and then they bring medicine over and uh, stitch it up or do whatever, and you are now a pipe carrier. And I'm going to do this, and I have been preparing for six months to do this, and it is a great honour to be doing this, and I really, really want to do this, and I really, really believe in this, and I love this idea of going through this this process which is so primal and so tribal and uh, and I've, I've done everything right and it's that we've I've chopped the tree I've helped chop the tree we put the tree vertical I go back to my um, barn which was my where I was sleeping near which is a hotel nearby the the community uh, which is a set of horse stables and they had uh, accommodation there and during the night I had this dream now we, we, we all know what a dream feels like. You've, sometimes you wake up and you go, was that real or not real? It, you, you, sometimes the dreams are really spooky. This one was of a big white bear. 
and this big white bear came into my cabin really huge big white bear came into my cabin and said stay away I absolutely literally shit my pants I jumped up out of bed and started running around the room thinking how am I going to get away from this big white bear uh, until finally I came to realize that I'd had a dream the next morning, after a really bad night, I went to the medicine man and said, I had a dream last night, and this big bear said, stay away, which is basically, don't do the Sundance. And he said, don't worry about it. And I said, but my intuition, the big white bear came and spoke to me. And according to uh, Native American tradition, those interactions with animals that speak and bring messages are, are pretty damn important. And I said, but your traditional medicine tells me that this is a very important event for me and that it's telling me something. He said, don't worry about it. So now I'm faced with, it wasn't my fear of having my chest ripped open by two barbs of, of wood stuck through my skin. That wasn't my fear of that happening, which there was plenty of, believe me. I was worried shitless about my ability to tolerate this whole thing. As well as the dehydration that my kidneys probably would uh, not celebrate. Wasn't my intuition telling me that I shouldn't be there or wasn't my fear? And I have still to this very day, right to this now as I'm telling you this story, so help me God it's the truth. I don't know. But because it was sort of convenient to trust the bear, I didn't do the Sundance. And then I justified it by saying, well, I do better work if I'm arm's length from the tradition rather than being part of the tradition. Because if I become part of the tradition, I'm in the tradition, that's, then the tradition has some problems going on with it because it's, it's part of the whole thing that's keeping people locked in a, a belief pattern and a thing. And so I thought, well, it's, maybe it's just for the better that I stay arm's length uh, and don't become initiated, and don't become a pipe carrier, and don't become part of the community. And so I left. And I let down 20 or 30 people who had allowed me to come inside a secret, sacred ceremony, and I let them down badly. I justified it by saying that I'm honoring the tradition and uh, I was doing the right thing by my intuition and I still don't know if this day was just fear. Anyway, the bottom line is, no matter how much I justified what I did, the local people who I let down weren't satisfied that it hadn't been a malicious attempt on my part to infiltrate their customs and their tribal secrets and so naively next time I visited town I, I, I drove my car up uh, I rented a car at Halifax drove up and started doing the work and word got around that there were a few uh, a few men not happy about the fact that I'd come back to do more work and the advice was get in your car and drive as quickly as possible out of town I remember driving down the, the, the bitumen 
single lane road back to the freeway from which this village is located and looking in the rear vision mirror and seeing the pickup truck coming flying at me at the back of my car and realizing that my life was in danger and and it turns out they had guns and shotguns and god knows what so i just flattened the old renter car got to the freeway where i was outside the reservation boundaries and was relatively safe it's not a great story it's not a, a, a beautiful story it's one of those awful stories and i'm really putting my hand up to say i don't know if it was intuition or fear and so i kind of like think of uh, our feelings are the things we should never ever trust now i know it feels cold i know it feels hot i know it feels good and i know it feels bad i know those feelings are there you can't say i don't have any feelings otherwise you're a sociopath but i'm not sure that we should base decisions on it it's like uh, when you wake up in the morning how do i feel do i feel like going to the gym how do i feel do i feel bad about what i did last night how do i feel how do i feel how do i feel when you get home from work oh i feel really tired i i said i wouldn't have a drink but i feel like i deserve one there can be no self management if feelings are integrated into the process of managing yourself and feelings and intuitions it's really hard to discern which one's which as i've indicated from my little story i can tell you plate times when i've done the opposite where i've trusted a feeling and it's worked out fine i've called it an intuition such as you know going in out on a day in the himalayas when the snows coming or the fogs coming and i've said it doesn't feel right we're not going and so from time to time even even though i'm giving the recommendation not to base thing on feelings i use them i think you've got to be in a really cool space a really really calm centered balanced place to know whether the what you're experiencing is a fear or a feeling or an intuition or both or all of the above and i think that's the point here this is chris you have a beautiful day bye for now